We're continuing a series entitled Built to Last. We're talking about having a built to last family and a built to last marriage. And we're using the, the analogy of a house. And you see behind me, this is the wall that we've been building all the way through this message. In order to have a built-to-last family, a built-to-last house, you have to have quality materials and quality workmanship. And there's all of the infrastructure that goes in it in order for it to have and be a built-to-last house. Well, with that in mind... We know there's certain things you have to have in order to have a built-to-last marriage and a built-to-last house, and we want to talk about that today. Now, in, in the course of that, we're going to talk to you today about the count the cost. And there are two costs in every house. There's the cost to buy it. When you go looking for a house, there's the cost to purchase, the cost to buy it. But then there's the cost to own it. It costs something to have and hold on to it. And sometimes we think the only cost maybe be is to buy it, but once you buy a house, you realize things wear out. The carpet wears out. The faucets wear out. The cabinets maybe need to be upgraded. Uh, a hot water heater. There's a cost to own along with a cost to buy. There was a couple that had recently married. And after a few weeks of marriage, the husband was saying, this, this wedding band, he was kind of complaining about it. He says, it cuts off my circulation. His wife says, it's supposed to. <laughs> You're no longer in circulation, you know. It cuts off your circulation. There is a cost. There are two people at work, two ladies that were discussing, and one lady, she's just a couple of years into marriage, and they were struggling, working through some things, as all couples do, and she was confiding that into her coworker, and the coworker said, well, can I tell you, you just press through. He said, the hardest, the hardest part of marriage is the first 10 years. The first 10 years is, that 10 years is the, is the tough part. She said, well, how long have you been married? She said, 10 years, and it's... <laughs> it's, it's been all tough, you know. There is a cost. Yes, there is a cost. There's a cost to being married. And, and today we want to talk about that cost as we move into communion in just a moment. But with that in mind, I'm going to invite you to go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We call it the love chapter. And I'm going to pick out one verse out of that. But as we do, I want to just remind you, we have a book by Gary Chapman entitled The Five Love Languages. We recommend this book. If you're in a marriage and you want to enrich your marriage and communication and and expressing love, or you're kind of hit a snag, this resource is available in our resource center. You're welcome to stop by and pick it up. It could be a blessing to you. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, again, is the love chapter. And he's going to give us instructions on how love ought to operate. We're going to hear what God has to say about love. And in verse number 7, this is the verse we're going to focus on. There's four things that are mentioned. There is one word mentioned four times. And it's intentionally mentioned in the original language four times. Anytime God repeats something, God is emphasizing it. And it says here is the word always, 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 always. It's emphasized four times. And let's read the verse together. Love, it says, it, it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. You say, I, I have those qualities. I trust, I hope. Yeah, but you're doing it occasionally. You're doing when you feel like it. You're doing when everything is going well. You're doing it when you get your way. You're doing it in a way that pleases you. But the Scripture says that love, the love that God wants for a family, wants for a marriage is you're going to do it all the time. It always, 
always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. It, it, it could even be it could even be read this way: in everything protect, in everything trust, in everything hope, and in everything persevere in the marriage. Four things. Now, what's interesting to me about these four things, there are two of them that are primarily, they're for all of us, but two of them are primarily speaking towards men and two of them primarily speak towards women and their needs. Two of them for men, two of them for ladies. Now, we need to do all of them, but God has, God has wisely deposited this in one verse on how we as couples in the marriage can adequately and appropriately express and communicate love. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 33, it says, Husbands, love your wives, and wives, respect your husbands. Now, wait a minute. Why didn't it say for the wife to love the husband? Or why didn't it say for the husband to respect the wife? Now, all of them are an expression of love, but God wisely understands that men and women are different, and God is trying to tell us, communicate love to your spouse in a way that will meet their primary need. And here in verse number 7, God's going to give us four things, and I want to suggest the first one and the last one in the verse primarily speak to men. The two in the middle primarily speak to women. And with each one, there is one quality of love that works in the present and one quality of love that will take you to the future. Notice this. It says, the first and the fourth, when I'm going to, speaking to men, it always protects, always perseveres. I'm going to use the word cares and commitment. Cares, protects, commitment perseveres in the present you bring caring commitment takes you to the future if you want to have more years of marriage and better years of marriage in the future to take you forward it requires commitment but in the moment it requires care always protects now to the ladies the two in the middle always trust always hopes always trust always hopes in the present trust but in the future, hope, that speaks of encouragement. That speaks of affirmation, hope, believing for the best, hope, looking forward. In the present, trust, but always look forward and affirm the good taking you into the future. So with both, we understand that God is teaching us something about marriage. Now with this, I want to tell you, men and women are wired different. Men and women are wired different. In a house, you have wiring. There's a different kind of wiring for a doorbell than it is for a stove. There's a different kind of wiring for the electrical outlets than it is for the electrical heater. Men and women are wired differently. God understands in order to meet his needs, he's wired different from her. And in order to meet her needs, she's wired different from you. And what we want to do is we want to just, we want to minister to and we want to communicate love in the way we are wired. And that always is a shocking experience, okay? There will always be sparks. No wonder you've thrown a breaker. Why? Because you're wired differently. And we just begin to express the way we're wired. And God says, no, 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 no. Men and women are wired differently. So what does that mean? Very briefly, let me just, let me unpack this if I can. 
concerning men and women and how they're wired different, she needs caring, he needs trust. She needs caring, he needs trust. Did you notice it says that that love always protects or cares? But it also says love always trusts. She needs care, he needs trust. There's something about men, men, ladies, men, men disengage from the stresses, the pressures of life by not talking about it. If a man has a hectic day, a lot of responsibilities, frustrating, been busy, maybe didn't even have time for lunch today and running here and about and some things were not done right, some uh, programs were not put in the computer right and he had to correct them and put extra time and all, just all the stuff that happens in life, busy, hectic day, he disconnects from that by not talking about it. If he can come home and he can put it out, and that's why you say, how'd everything go today? Oh, it's all right, I don't want to talk about it. That's why he, he disconnects. If he can get in front of the TV, watch a, watch a ball game or get in a hobby or a sports and go out and pitch the ball, pass the football to his son or what, if he can, if he can get in an activity and channel his energy that direction, that's how he unplugs from the stress. Now, men... Ladies forget about their problems by talking about them. You heard it right. (laughs) Ladies disengage and forget about their problems by talking about it. Why? He needs trust. She needs caring. For example, let me just take some phrases. Let's just take the phrase, it's okay. Or the phrase, I don't want to talk about it. The phrase, uh, uh, nothing, forget about it. Or the phrase, I love you, for a moment. Ladies, what does a man mean when he says, it's okay? I will tell you, trust him. He means, it's okay. What does a man mean when he says, I don't want to talk about it? Guys, what does it mean? We don't want to talk about it. Trust us. Trust us. What does it mean when we say nothing, forget it? Trust us. It means nothing, forget it. If we say we love you, what do we mean? That's what we mean. We have nothing else to say. Just trust us. Just tr- When I say, when we say we love you, just trust us. That's what we say, and we've said it all. Trust men. He needs trust. She needs caring. Okay, guys? If she says okay, what does she mean? If she says it's okay, she's really saying, hold me, I need a shoulder to cry on. That's really what she's saying. If she is saying, I don't want to talk about it, she really means, I want to talk about it. (laughs) But why does she say she doesn't want to talk about it? Because she wants you to care enough to say, no, please tell me. No, I don't want to bother you with it. No, no, I want to know. I care about how you feel. I need to know how you feel. How you feel is important to me. When she knows you care, now she'll talk about it. If, if she says uh, nothing, forget it. What does she mean? She means you'd better figure out what you've done wrong. That's what she means. If she hears you say, I love you, trust us, guys, that's all, what, that's, all, that's all we have to say and that's what we mean. But when she hears, I love you, she said, please tell me more. Please tell me more. She needs caring. He needs trust. Why? Because men and women 
are wired differently. For example, just asking questions. You ask a, you ask a man, how things go today? He might have been busy. Fine. How was work? Fine. Anything go on? Ah, oh, just uh, some, just some ordering problems and some, some of the supplies didn't come in. Is everything all right? Oh, it's fine. How do you feel now? Fine. There it is. We have told you the day. We have said all we feel like we need to say. But for ladies, caring, caring, asking questions, how do you do that? Her day is this. She took the kids to school. Then she went to work. She ate lunch with a friend. She came home. Before she came home, she went to the grocery store and made dinner, etc. That's the day. That's not what she wants to tell you. But she's not going to tell you unless you pull that out. You need to come across caring. What is it? What did you do today? Well, I got up today, and I got the kids ready, and I was taking them to school. What do you think happened on the way to school? Well, you know what? Uh, Johnny, he opened up his lunch, and he spilled it all over, and I took me a little extra time to put it back in the lunchbox and get him out. Oh, really? Is everything fine? Fine. Then, what happened? Well, I drove to school. What road did you go down? Well, I went down this way, and I went down. Then I turned right, and I went there. When you got to work, where did you park in the parking lot? Well... Well, normally I park in the front, but because I helped Johnny with his lunch and I dropped it, guess what? I had to park up there and I had to walk farther. Oh, no, really? How did it go to work when you went to work? Well, I went into work and the computer program was going and we were doing this and a coworker said that she's going to have a baby. And I said, oh, congratulations. Oh, well, then what happened? Well, we decided to go to lunch. What kind of salad dressing did you have on your salad? Oh, I put, I put ranch dressing. Oh, that's your favorite. I'm glad they had your... How was the lunch? Well, the lunch was good. The lettuce was a little bit this way, but it had... Wonderful. I'm glad you enjoyed What happened in the afternoon? Well, we went through the afternoon. We came home. And then on the way home, I then decided we need to get some groceries. What would you do? I stopped the grocery store. Well, no, tell me. What did you, what, what did you do? Well, I bought, some, I bought some butter. Butter? Did you buy it in the tub or the little cubes? Which one? Well, I bought, well, how come? Well, I had a coupon. You had a coupon. That is wonderful. You had a coupon for a coupon. What else did you get? Well, I picked up some hamburger meat and I picked up some tortillas and I got the, and is that all? Yeah, and you got home and you got it cooked. Wonderful, wonderful. And she goes through all that. She said, he is so caring. He is that man. He's the best. He is so, that man is so caring. And her love quotient just goes through the roof. Why? Because men and women are wired differently. That doesn't work with men. Just think. Now, ladies, don't do that because that's what you want. Don't do that to men. How'd it go today at work? Well, I went to work. Well, what road did you drive down? Well, what difference does it make? I got there. Well, I'm just curious. You went to work? You go to work? Do you stop and do it? Well, I got, I stopped and got a breakfast taco. What kind of taco did you get? What difference does it make? How come I can't just buy a taco without getting the third? I can't even stop and get a taco without you just... I feel so smothered in this relationship. You're breathing down my neck all the time. You don't trust me to do anything. I can't even buy a taco without having you give me direction. Right? Because men and women are wired differently she needs caring he needs trust God built us that way that's why the Lord says respect him trust him because when you trust him it boosts his his love quotient oh she has confidence in me 
we ask her questions and pull out, pull out her day from her. Why? Because that means caring. But if you reverse it, it brings conflict. Now, in just a moment, we're going to go into communion. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come on the platform. And I'm going to take us into a communion moment. Let me finish in the verse. Verse number 13. There's one other aspect, two other qualities, and I'll just mention I don't have time to fully unpack this, but let me just bring this to, to our attention. She needs understanding. He needs appreciation. She needs understanding. He needs appreciation. God built us that way. What is understanding? Understanding, fellows, is, is listening without judgment and without advice. If we ever say, well, you shouldn't have done that, or here's what you need. If you would organize yourself and you'd get this and you'd tell. If we give advice or judgment, it's not understanding. It's not understanding. Guys, when your wife talks to you, there's just one word in all of her conversation. There's just one thing you need to say. This word will transform your life. Hear me, guys. Get ready to write it down. Okay, here it is. Ah. Now, if you want to make it more effectively, before you do it, kind of breathe through your teeth and almost like suck in a little bit of air, like a little kiss, and then say, go, ah. You're understanding. Why? Because you did not bring any judgment or advice. I had a bad day and this was going on and the boss and the co-workers and ah. You're helping her. No advice, no judgment. That is understanding. That gives her permission to unload her feelings. She doesn't, she's not wanting your advice. She's not wanting your judgment. She's wanting your heart. And when she begins to unpack it, she says, he's understanding. He needs, he needs appreciation. It's, it's, it's deposited in that word hope. Hope speaks of the future. Hope is affirming. Hope. He needs, he needs affirmation. Men today, ladies, men today, feel underpaid, underrecognized, and underappreciated in their vocation. Guys that just go to work, pay the bills, come home and do good for their family, they kind of feel like they're lost in all of, the, all of the responsibilities and all of the obligations, and they feel under-energized by that. Where the primary need for appreciation should come is the wife. That's why God intended it. A man will always gravitate to the place where he is appreciated the most. A man will always gravitate to the place he is appreciated the most. And lady, ladies, here's a secret about men. It sounds counterintuitive, but it's really the truth. A man who is appreciated for who he is will always want to become better. That's it. That's why God built us. You say, well, if I tell him I like him the way he is and I appreciate the way he is, there's still things he needs to work on. Complaining will never motivate him. He shuts down. Men are designed 
when you like the way we are, we want to get better. You see, it was the way we were when we were little boys. When we were little boys, if we were not good at a game or a sport we didn't want to play, we shut down. No little boy ever wants to be a part of a game or sports in which he always loses. He'll say, I'm not good at that. He refuses to play that because God built us to succeed. But if a little boy is good at a game and he hits, he hits a, a ball and he, gets and he, makes a, he makes a home run, Here's what he says. Good job. Good job. You, there were three points for the team and you made one of them. He says, next time I want to make two. Every time he's appreciated, he wants to do better. Every time he is affirmed, when, when he makes a B and you say, great, he wants to make an A next time. When he makes an A, he wants to make the highest A in the class. There is something in men that when you appreciate what we are and who we are, we always want to do better. And some of us need to unlock that in our spouse. How do you do that? She needs understanding. He needs appreciation. And some of us are caught in this debate and polarized in conflict. And that's not what God wants for your marriage. Some of us, we love God. Oh, I'm glad that's happened. There's been a making new moment in your life. But you have not had a making great lot marriage. Why? It's because while you love God, your marriage is not Christ-centered. You excuse yourself. It's the way I am. It's the way I was born. It's the way I was raised. It's who I am. And you've, you've excused and you've allowed yourself to stay in patterns and practices that are not beneficial for the marriage. In fact, quite destructive. I'm calling you to be a Christ-centered. That if your temperament, your personality, your style, how you do things is not in alignment with God and God's Word. You don't blame, you don't excuse. You've asked God's forgiveness and you let God change your heart so you can be a different husband wife, spouse, parent in the home. We're saying that person made us mad. We're not owning that we have a very aggressive temper. We're blaming them for our temper and really it's a heart thing. And Christ wants to work in your heart and I'm going to invite you to make your heart and your family Christ-centered. I'm going to invite you across this auditorium to stand together with me you have the communion elements and I'm taking you into a moment of heart surrender these elements representing the sacrifice of Christ and when we take these we are reminded of what Jesus has done and I'm calling us to live and be Christ centered in our actions our attitude our disposition there's practices from the past we need to break from Ask God to forgive us, not excuse it, and let God help us be a new person. Let's pray over the elements now. Father, the bread and the fruit of the vine representing the broken body and shed blood of Jesus. The greatest price that was paid was to redeem us. Sometimes we can 
we can have a heart that's been touched by God's love but not by the Lordship of Jesus. And some of us are trying to have a faith experience occasionally, but the home is not Christ-centered. And I call husbands and fathers, wives and mothers, families, couples to a Christ-centered life. That Jesus would be the foundation and Lord, you would bring deep healing into relationships. There are people who are walking in broken relationships now. They're, ang they're angry. They're embittered. They're caught in conflict. They're estranged from one another. And I ask you, Lord, that you would begin a new and fresh work in their heart so that they would have a Christ-centered family. Bless these elements, and as we take these elements, we are fully committing ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus. I ask this in the name of the Lord. Amen. If you will receive the wafer representing his broken body, would you take in remembrance of the Lord Jesus? Our hearts, God. Our hearts, God. Our hearts, God. The cup representing the new covenant in his blood and his sacrifice for us. We lay down our will, our pride, our dysfunction, our brokenness, and we receive Christ's life. Would you take the cup in the name of the Lord? Now across this auditorium, as the worship team comes, this is a personal Holy Spirit moment in your heart. Would you just begin to worship the Lord? Would you just lift your heart? Would you just let the Holy Spirit seal this moment? Holy Spirit, cleanse us. Holy Spirit, let us walk away from the hurt. Let us walk away from the pain. Let us walk away from the patterns. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, from the balcony to the main floor. This is a moment of heart dedication and heart surrender unto the Lord. Oh God, oh God, come in. Oh God, open our hearts. That, that stony heart, that, that, that heart that has withdrawn, that heart that is closed up. God, that you would open our hearts again, Lord. Allow us, God, to, to let the Holy Spirit bring forgiveness and release from the pain. And the memories and the dysfunction, God, the brokenness, the hate. To let go of the anger. God, to let go of the pride and the defensiveness towards our spouse and our family. God, in the name of Jesus. Some are in blended families choosing the difference between his kids and my kids, his kids and her kids. They're to be their kids. God, they're not unified as a family. God, heal that relationship. Heal that relationship in the home. In the name of Jesus, now would you just begin to worship the Lord? We're going to give the Holy Spirit a moment. All across this here, balcony and main floor, would you just, just close your eyes and your heart? Let the Holy Spirit personalize this as we worship. Come on, church, let's just begin to call out, call out the name of the Lord in this place. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. We call upon you, Lord. 
we call upon you, God. You are my strength. You are my Lord. We seek your face, O oh Lord, oh Lord. I am not alone. His precious blood this morning. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, the blood, crimson love, rise for life's demand.
We have victory in the name of Jesus today. Thank you, Lord. Come on with every voice. Oh, what a love, no greater love. Grace, how can it be? Oh, oh that in my sin, that even that he shed his today, every time we bring our failures, every time, God, we bring our conflict, every time we bring our brokenness to you, we find, God, that you redeem it and set us free, that truly we can have a making great life by following you and being Christ-centered. And I pray for families today. I pray for families, God, that there will be a new work of the Holy Spirit in their life and their marriage. And God, they will apply what biblical love is. They will allow the Holy Spirit to work in their heart. And God, there will be a drawing together of hearts and a healing of relationships. God, I pray marriages that are strong will be even stronger. They'll grow closer together. Bless their homes. Bless their marriages. Bless their families. In Jesus' name, amen. And God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Go in the goodness of the Lord. You're dismissed.